0: have you would be honored if you would join
1: us. what's up Star Wars family welcome to Star Wars I archive where the books take life and their journey takes you far far away so what's going on everyone it's a new episode for a new week and that means we are one week closer to a new Star Wars movie. We hope. But you never know when dealing with Disney. The last three movies of the Skywalker Saga and the bottom three of my overall Star Wars movies. But then we got The Mandalorian, which I think is awesome. But I guess it can't be any worse than waiting 10 to 15 years like we did with George. But as long as some sort of Star Wars is coming, I am grateful because The Mandalorian Season 2 is on its way. So I'm super excited about that. And there is always a new book right around the corner. You can't go wrong with another book. But before we get into the book that we have been covering, we need to go over the quote for this week, and it comes from Lolly Dasko, and she said, When you stop chasing the wrong thing, you give the right thing a chance to catch up. It happens far too often. People chase money thinking that that will make them successful, instead of chasing success itself. Money comes from success. Success does not come from money. You succeed when you work hard and you achieve your goals. Achieving your goal is the payment, not money. Okay, okay, enough with all that. Now let's get back to revenue because there's a lot of stuff going on in this chapter. I have so much built up anticipation, it's driving me crazy. Wait a minute, let's just listen to it now.
0: Scourge typed in the access code to unlock the door leading to the underground holding cells built beneath Nyrus's stronghold. He didn't acknowledge the guards standing watch as he stepped through and they made no move to stop him. He had passed the checkpoint hundreds of times and they had stopped bothering with Murtog's official security protocols long ago. He descended the stairs to the dimly lit, dead-end hall at the bottom. There were four doors, two on either side. Beside each door was a monitor, showing a hollow vid of what was happening inside each cell. Three of the cells were empty. The fourth had been occupied by the same prisoner for the past three years. The image showed Revan, seated in a familiar position, his legs crossed and his hands resting palms up on his thighs. His eyes were closed, his face calm, though Scourge knew that had as much to do with the medication as the meditation. The prisoner had not left his cell for even a single moment since his capture. There was a refresher in the corner, a small sink and a bed against one wall. In the beginning they had brought in a chair to strap him to for his interrogation sessions, but after the first few months, Scourge convinced Nyrus that torturing Revan was an unproductive waste of both time and resources. By that time, Revan had already told them everything, as much as he could remember, at least. He had revealed that the Jedi had wiped away most of his early memories, including all traces of what had happened to him in the Emperor's dungeons. He had confessed that he had come to Nathema in the hopes of reclaiming his lost past, following the same trail he had embarked on years before. He couldn't tell Nyriss anything about what she really asked. And though she still suspected he had been dominated by and then broken free of the Emperor's will, the scientists she had brought in to study him had been unable to find anything useful with all their testing and research. After six months, Nyriss had lost interest in her Jedi prisoner. Her attention moved on to other plots and intrigues, though she kept him alive just in case. But while Nyriss ignored Revan, Scourge had become obsessed with him. The Jedi's command of and connection to the Force was unlike anything Scourge had sensed in anyone else. Even though Revan was constantly drugged, it was impossible not to sense his strength. After years of studying him, Scourge had come to understand why the Jedi had such a fearsome reputation among the Sith. With men and women like Revan in their ranks, it was easy to see how they had beaten back the Sith invasion a thousand years earlier. And it confirmed what he already suspected. The Emperor's plan to launch another invasion against the Republic at this point in time was tantamount to suicide. However, it was more than the Jedi's raw power that interested Scourge. Unlike all the instructors at the Academy, or even Nyriss herself, Revan had experienced both the light and the dark sides of the Force. He had a unique perspective on its strengths and weaknesses, and Scourge was eager to learn from his experience. It hadn't been easy, of course. Revan had regarded him as an enemy at first. Scourge was the being who tortured him for information. But over time, that had slowly changed. Revan was held in almost total seclusion. The guards were forbidden to speak with him, and once Nyrus all but forgot about him, the weekly visits from Scourge were his only source of conversation or contact. Scourge understood that long periods of solitary confinement could be even harder to endure than the brutal physical suffering of the interrogations. Loneliness and isolation would eat away at the mind and the spirit. It was inevitable that Revan would forge a relationship with the only person he ever had any contact with. It was a slow and subtle process, and even now they still regarded each other with suspicion and mistrust. But eventually... The instinctive need for interaction had caused Revan to open up. He would give carefully guarded answers to Scourge's questions about his beliefs and philosophies, or let slip bits and pieces of his knowledge of the Force. No matter how long they spoke, Revan was careful to say very little, but over the years the tiny drops of wisdom had accumulated into a great reservoir for Scourge to draw on. Nyriss may have had no further use for Revan, but Scourge was going to exploit this invaluable resource for all it's worth. Scourge unlocked the door to Revan's cell. The Jedi was still wearing the same brown robes he had been captured in. The clothes, like the prisoner himself, had not been properly cleaned in three years. Scourge winced at the stale, pungent scent wafting off the human, but it was a small price to pay, considering how much he had already gained from their regular visits. Riven, he said, noting that the
1: prisoner's eyes were still closed. I wish to speak with you.
0: Revan opened his eyes, as if responding to the Sith's voice, though in truth, he had sensed his approach from the moment he began to descend the staircase. It was difficult to draw upon the Force through the veil of mind-altering chemicals in his system, but over the years, he had learned a handful of tricks. Though they had spoken hundreds of times, the Sith had never told Revan his name. Not that it mattered. To Revan, he was nothing more than a tool. His one hope of ever getting out of the cell alive. In the first few months he had hoped that someone would come for him Candorus or t3m4 or maybe even bastila drawn to him by the force but as time passed his drug addled brain finally realized he was truly alone he had tried reaching out to bastila with the force but the drugs and the vast distance of an entire galaxy must have stopped her from sensing his need he'd almost given up once he realized there would be no rescue His situation seemed hopeless. And then his muddled mind seized on the Sith interrogator. It was clear the red-skinned being was subservient to the withered hag who had been present during the early interrogations. It was also obvious that he was more than just a thug hired to torture information out of prisoners. Revan had sensed the force in him. He had incredible potential. Fortunately for Revan, he was also arrogant, overconfident, and ambitious. Over the course of many months, Revan fed that ambition with tiny crumbs meant to draw the Sith Lord in. He spoke of his past, knowing his triumphs over Malak and other powerful individuals would feed the young Sith's desire to rise above his current station. Revan also made a point of bringing up the Force regularly. He'd once served the Dark Side, and he understood its insatiable lust for power. The chance to learn something, anything new about the Force, was a temptation the Sith could not resist. He was willing to give the Sith glimpses of his wisdom, because with each conversation, he learned a little bit more about his captors. The interrogator was careful. He tried to reveal as little of himself and the world outside the cell as possible. But over many months and hundreds of conversations, it was inevitable some things would slip. To facilitate the process, Revan had carefully forged a relationship with the anonymous Sith, Establishing a familiar rapport that made it easier for the Sith to unknowingly open up about himself, even as he thought he was using Revan. His efforts had been well rewarded. Over the past three years, he had learned much about the Sith society the Republic believed to be extinct. He knew they were ruled by an Emperor. He knew they controlled hundreds of worlds. About a year earlier, he'd learned the name of the female who had overseen the first few interrogations. Her name was Nyrus. And she was one of the emperor's hand-picked advisors at one point his captor had let slip that the emperor was secretly planning an invasion against the republic more important he had revealed that he and Nyrus, along with many other sith were determined to stop him revin had seized on that shared goal and for the past few months he had been playing on it at every opportunity it all might be futile All his efforts might amount to nothing more than a game he was playing, merely to help pass the endless hours of his incarceration. But if there was a chance, however small, that he could somehow use this knowledge to break free of his prison,
1: he intended to take it. So this chapter starts off with Scourge visiting Revan in his cell. This is something that he's done hundreds of times over the past three years. He was the only one that visited Revan. Hold up, Revan has been in his cell for three years with only Scourge to visit him? That would be terrible to only have Scourge visit you. Scourge out of everybody? This dude is just annoying to begin with. But Scourge is obsessed with learning everything he can about the Force from Revan. Nyrus has put Revan on the back burner because she feels that she has nothing to learn. But for Scourge, he has a source of knowledge about the Force. Now for Revan, he has come to the reality that no one is coming to rescue him, so he looks to Scourge as his only way to get out of the cell. Every time Scourge comes in to visit him, he learns a little bit more about the Sith Empire. He knows that the Sith are in control of hundreds of worlds and they have an emperor, but knowing this does not help him escape. He knows that Scourge is his only hope of ever getting out. So he must play his cards carefully or he will rot in this cell. I can't get over the fact that he has not bathed or washed his clothes in three years. That's just nasty. And if I was scourged, I couldn't see him. Could you imagine the smell? Oh my God, he must stink something fierce. I couldn't do it. I got a weak stomach. I would throw up. But it doesn't bother Scourge too much because he has seen Revan hundreds of times. But as Scourge enters the cell, he says, what's up to Revan? Revan plays like he didn't hear him, even though he felt him coming through the force a long time ago. He can still somewhat use the force, but they keep him so drugged up, he can't really use it to help him escape. And that's where we're at. So let's get back to see what else happened. The Jedi had opened his eyes but he still seemed to be lost
0: in thought. Scourge wondered if they had altered his medication recently. Every few months, they had to switch him to a new formula, as his body became more resistant to the daily dose of drugs meant to keep him docile and helpless. For the first few days after each switch, Revan seemed even more out of it than usual. Revan, he repeated, speaking more loudly. He clapped his hands sharply, the sound echoing off the walls of the cell. "'I'm sorry, my lord,' Revan said in response, slurring his words slightly. "'I'm having trouble... focusing. It's good to see you again,' he added with a faint smile. "'I always enjoy your visits.' Scourge would never admit to it to anyone, of course, but he also enjoyed them. He developed a great respect and even admiration for Revan. Ironic.' given how much his opinion of Nyrus had gone down in the last few months. He... you seem troubled, my lord. Nyrus still refuses to take any real action against the Emperor, he grumbled. It felt good to say the words out loud. That was an unexpected benefit of being the only person who ever spoke to the prisoner. Anything he said in the cell would never leave these walls. Here he could vent his frustrations aloud without fear of reprisal. She tells me we must be patient, but her energies and resources are focused on besting her rivals on the Dark Council. Nyris is driven by fear, Revan explained, speaking in the slow, monotonous, cadence Scourge had never really gotten used to. Openly striking against the Emperor puts her life at risk. Her own immediate survival is more important to her than the fate of your empire. These are powerful allies who could be persuaded to help her, Scourge replied. All they need is someone to step up and take charge. All they need is a leader to spur them to action. I was betrayed by Malak, Revan reminded him. Nyriss is afraid the same thing could happen to her. If she steps forward as leader, she can no longer hide in the shadows with the others. She will be exposed... And it would only take one ambitious rival to betray her to the Emperor, and bring everything crashing down. Scourge nodded, remembering how Nyriss had done the same thing to eliminate Darth Cedrix. At the time he had believed her when she had said it was for the good of the cause, but now he suspected it had just been an excuse to remove a rival from the Dark Council. If all the conspirators are too afraid to step forward, the Emperor will never be stopped. Scourge muttered. Eventually he will lead us into a war we cannot win, and the Jedi will wipe us out in retaliation. Ultimately doing nothing is the most dangerous choice of all. Nyriss blinds herself to that truth. That is the way of the dark side, Revan said. Those who follow it are driven by fear and ambition. They are too selfish to see that great victories often require great sacrifice scourge grimaced sometimes he grew tired of Reverend's preaching against the dark side in this case however the jedi was at least partially correct nairus wouldn't think twice about sacrificing an ally or a follower but she would never consider sacrificing herself Revan, on the other hand, had journeyed across the galaxy in the face of unknown dangers because he thought there might be something that threatened his beloved Republic. He had put himself in harm's way for something he believed in. A year earlier, Scourge would have laughed at his foolishness. After all, what had Revan accomplished besides becoming a prisoner? Now, however, he understood that though the Jedi had failed, at least he had made the effort. At least he'd had a chance to succeed. Nyrus, it seemed, wasn't even going to make the attempt. She had failed to stop the Emperor before she had even begun. You need to find another ally to your cause, Revan said. Someone powerful, but who is not caught up in the politics of the Dark Council. Scourge laughed out loud at what Revan was clearly implying. <laughs> You must be growing desperate if you think you can talk me into
1: helping you escape. Okay, here comes clue number one. It is only natural. He cut off your arm and you wanted revenge. It wasn't the first time, Anakin.
0: Remember what you told me about your mother and the sand people? Now we must leave before more security droids arrive. Mentally, Revan winced. He had pushed too far too fast. Instead of subtle manipulation, he had stumbled into revealing a clumsy and obvious ploy. He never would have made such a foolish mistake if his mind was clear. But he thought it might still be possible to salvage the situation. He had to give the Sith something else to focus on. Something he cared about above everything else. We share a common goal, Revan admitted. We both want to stop the Emperor from invading the Republic. But I am not proposing an alliance. He paused. I do not need your help to escape. The Force has shown me that my freedom is drawing near. The Force has shown you? What do you mean? Have you had a vision? As Revan suspected, his jailer had never experienced a vision through the Force. It wasn't unusual. The phenomenon was much rarer in those who followed the dark side. Their focus was internal. They used the Force as a tool, rather than seeing themselves as instruments of the Force's will. They were not accustomed to opening themselves up to the Force for guidance and direction. The Force has shown me that my future lies beyond these walls. Revan lied. I don't put much faith in visions and prophecy, the Sith said. Have you ever felt a premonition of danger through the Force? Revan asked, trying to help him understand. Sense the threat before it was revealed? Of course. The visions are merely an extrapolation of this. The Force flows across both space and time. It links the past, present, and future. It is said that Naga had visions of the Sith crushing the Republic during the Great Hyperspace War. Scourge countered. We both know that that never came to pass. The future is always in motion. The Force grants us visions that show us only one of many possible outcomes. Then what use are they? They can guide our actions, give us direction. They can show us a path we wish to follow, or one we can try to avoid. Like the vision that brought you here? Scourge asked. The dream of Dromund Kaas and its storm-covered sky. That was a memory. Not a vision, Revan reminded him. But the Force does sometimes speak to us through our dreams. And what does your vision show you? How do you make your great escape from this dungeon? Revan chose his next words carefully. His dull wit sensing an opportunity. He knew his best chance, perhaps his only chance of escape, was with the Sith's help. But he could not be the one to suggest the Alliance. The Sith Lord had to think it was his idea. That was why he had fabricated the lie about the Vision. To draw attention away from his clumsy efforts to convince the Sith to help him. Now, however, he had an opportunity to plant a seed. You will understand in time, he said cryptically, knowing the other would dwell on the hidden meaning behind his words. The Sith was already obsessed with him. He hungered to tap into Revan's understanding of the Force and the Jedi knew he dominated the red-skinned beings' conscious and unconscious thoughts. It would only be natural for Revan to sometimes be the subject of the Sith Lord's dreams. Hopefully, the Sith would come to believe that his ordinary dreams were actually visions granted by the Force. If all went well, he would come to believe there was a greater power trying to draw them together. He might decide of his own accord that Revan was the key to defeating the Emperor, spurring him to help the Jedi escape. It was a long shot, but Revan had nothing else to hope for. I have no wish to play your games. The Sith snapped, annoyed by the enigmatic response. He turned on the heel of his boot without saying a word, and marched out of the cell, sealing the door behind him. Revan knew from experience it would be at least a week before he returned. The abrupt ending to their conversation and the impending prolonged absence were intended as punishment, His interrogator had long ago replaced physical torture with a supposed mental anguish of isolation. For most prisoners, this would have been an effective tool. But Revan was able to endure the long periods alone by meditating on the Force. At times like these, he would try to reach out to Bastila, hoping at least to let her know he was still alive. He opened himself up to the Force. As it flowed through him, images of the woman he loved danced through his head. And then suddenly, they were gone. Replaced by the amorphous face of another. Mitra! Revan gasped, as the features shifted sharply into focus. They held for an instant, and then vanished. Revan knew this was more than some mere recollection of a lost friend. It had been too intense and powerful to be a memory. It was almost as if in describing the nature of Force visions to the Sith, he had triggered one of his own. Though it had lasted only a second, the meaning was abundantly clear.
1: Mitra was coming to rescue him. This part starts off with Revan telling Scourge that he was happy to see him. Scourge would never admit it to anyone, but he felt the same way. Then Scourge starts to complain about Nyriss, how she won't even try to stop the Emperor, she's never gonna do anything, she is wasting time and effort trying to best arrivals on the council, and all that great stuff. He knows that Nyriss is never gonna come visit Revan, so he can tell Revan anything he wants and no one will ever know. If I were Nyriss, I wouldn't come visit him either. You haven't let him bathe in three years. The smell would make the greatest Sith vomit, and Nyriss is pretty... pretty foul for one to force, but I think she might throw up. But then Revan explains to Scourge that Nyriss is driven by fear. Well duh, she's a Sith. Revan tells Scourge that Nyrus will never do anything because someone might betray her to the Emperor. She wants to stay hidden. He states that they need someone to lead them, someone that won't fear being out in the open. Scourge is like, you must really be getting desperate, trying to get me to help you escape. Then Revan tells Scourge that he doesn't need him to help him escape. He has had a vision from the Force, and his destiny is outside the walls of this cell. Scourge thinks to himself, visions don't mean crap. At this point, he will say anything to get out of this cell. Revan had gambled on this, it's all he had to go on. Scourge was like, I'm out of here. You're talking crazy. This is a way that he would punish Revan by long periods of loneliness. But it didn't work because Revan just used the time to use the force to try to contact Bastila. But this time, as he was picturing the woman that he loved, another woman popped into his head. Meet you certain. And that's where we're at. You will have to tune into chapter 20 to find out what happens next.